What's wrong with you people? Welcome to Not Another Baptist Podcast, and if you are looking for a Christ-centered, scripture-driven, and student-focused undergraduate education, then look no further than the Texas Baptist College located in Fort Worth, Texas, which is also home to Cousins Barbecue. TBC is dedicated to providing trustworthy Christian higher education to undergraduate students, no matter where God is calling them. And on October 21st, you have the opportunity to explore everything TBC has to offer at its fall preview day. This is also free October 21st, and you can get registered today at texasbaptist.com forward slash preview. And you'll get a chance to kind of tour the campus, talk to the faculty, explore the degrees, and meet fellow students. And so let Texas Baptist College help you find your calling. Again, that is texasbaptist.com forward slash preview. And Kyle, non-alcoholic beerman, I am tired. And I think you would say the same thing. Yeah, me too. How how was the replant summit, dude? Man, the replant summit was fantastic. We had uh, we had a little over 200 people um, at the NAM building in Alpharetta, um, just for a time of refreshing and encouragement. And and I think, um, other than the travel exhaustion, um, I think everybody walked away from there feeling refreshed, feeling encouraged, and, and feeling recharged to uh, to enter kind of this new this new season of ministry. And um, so, yeah, man, fantastic time. I uh, got to see some some friends of ours, some some former guests, uh, guys like Mark uh, Halleck and, uh, of course, some other uh, other folks that we've had on the on the podcast and uh, lots of listeners. And uh, man, it was, it was a lot of fun. And I walked away with um, more shirts and more coffee mugs, which is just what I needed 100%. in my life and, and hats. I needed more hats, more shirts and more coffee mugs. And uh, now one, one piece of new swag that we got, we have replant Carhartt vests. I don't think I've ever owned a Carhartt thing of anything in my life, but these are uh, legitimate vests and maybe the only material I've seen that will cut West Texas wind. So I'm really excited about that. And there was one guy who saw that and he said, I will trade like uh, every Nam dot, every neck pillow, every hammock, every, like I'll trade everything that I've gotten from Nam for a re- for a Carhartt vest. <laughs> with with the replant uh logo nice. on it so good yeah. good time uh yeah i'm uh, but as you mentioned i'm I'm dragging a little bit as we're yeah. recording this morning we i i got in last night after well you know we we recorded with james and i was pretty much on the road after that and uh went to newton texas to the east texas baptist encampment for a men's retreat got to preach there with some friends of mine and uh with some friends of mine and i uh, got to hang out with them and also meet several other pastors and church leaders, and then preach in Coontz, Texas, that Sunday at Cornerstone Baptist Church. And uh, uh, Scott Moyer is the pastor there and doing a great job. And so had a blast kind of getting to know him. We went out to eat Saturday night, hung out a bit and and uh, did that, then got on the road, kind of saw the kids for a little bit on Sunday. And then early, early morning, I was on the road headed to Euless, Texas to Cross City Church for a church planting assessment with the Send Network Texas uh, 
kind of, well, church planting assessment. So uh, it was their assessment retreat. And so we had nine guys. My job was communication. I got to assess on communication, which was their word for preaching. And uh, so I got to, I had to listen to sermons beforehand. And some of these guys I'd heard of or, or knew. And then they also had to preach a 15 minute sermon. And Kyle, the interesting thing was about halfway through, I text one of the, the church planters and I said, um, were y'all assigned a text? And, and he said, yes. I was like, oh, because at that point I listened to four sermons on the prodigal son. And I was like, man, it, does God just like think I really need to hear this story right now? Why, why is everybody picking this? <laughs> I mean, you've got six, six books to choose from. I mean, I know you're not going to bring out the Leviticus there, but you know, it's like, what are what's going on? And so they had like two or three texts that they could choose from, and and almost all, all but I think one uh, chose chose that one, and uh, all of them did good. What is kind of cool is you heard like well, I heard eight guys preach the prodigal son, so you kind of got to get a, a taste for you know, they're what, what really stuck out to them in that text. And, and, uh, one of them did a great job, uh, that did like almost what would have been like a, a vision message. And I said, dude, I would, I would join your church today in my, my feedback forum, because it was all about, we want to be a church that celebrates what God in heaven celebrates. And he's, you know, walking through, you know, the one and 99 sheep, you know, the coins and, and the prodigal son and heaven celebrating all this kind of stuff. And I, we want to be a church it celebrates what heaven celebrates, and I was like, "Dude, that is good." And uh, so we had a good time. So, then, so you should you should do that. You should tell Bart, "Hey, uh, by the way, I went to this assessment retreat, and uh, I know you're gone to Senegal, but I'm I'm joining a new church." Today. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm gone. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it'll be a bit of a drive every Sunday because uh, they've already <laughs> launched, I believe. But uh, but anyway, we had a great time. It was fun time. We did the uh, what what they call it. So I was brand new. This was my first time to do it. So there's a lot of things on the schedule that would have a name, like after party. Kyle, if you saw after party on the schedule, what would you think that was? No, I, I've I've made this mistake before okay. um, because I thought like like uh, you know coffee and cookies and like like We're a done. party. Good job, guys. That's what I thought. Yes. Yeah, no. let's celebrate. Woo! No, you went into the war room and and fought for and against or whatever. You know, you you started actually doing the work of assessing and giving the green light, yellow light, red light, all that sort of deal. And uh, so you have, uh, I guess, like six or seven guys in there that were assigned to maybe their family dynamic or their missional engagement or their leadership, whatever it was. And they all sit in and kind of share from their perspective, their lane, where they think this guy is and or where their family is or whatever it might be. And then then you all kind of step out of your lane and say, OK, you know, taking all of this together, all of these different components. Uh, is this somebody we can green light or maybe say, you know, let's hold on just a second and let's work on blank, blank and blank or like full stop, bro. This isn't for you. You need to go and work on the NAM replant team. You know, it's like whatever it might be. You you, you, you might not know Jesus. So let's, let's yeah. nail that down and then we'll go from there. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so we, we had a good time. And then fun perks, you, you know, this being the pastor, you got to be, you know, you, you're, you're, you, you've got to be able to, to kind of roll with the punches. And our worship leader for this thing, I can't remember if had a wreck or something, like wasn't able to get there. And But Julio Adiola was there. Julio has some pipes, and I have the ability to play the piano. And uh, and there was a piano in the room. So what does Matt do? I go to the piano. I'm like, Julio, you know the song. 
and I started playing and and so we we got to lead the worship. So we had a good time and then I sort of I was peopled out from the men's retreat, you know, 200 some odd people and then this deal just intense with people the whole time. Uh I decided to go to the Rangers game cuz nobody goes to those and uh <laughs> except for Astros fans that day because it was it was a very orange crowd and uh, one of the few times outside of Houston that you'll hear loud cheering for Jose Altuve. Uh, in every other park, he is the loudest booze that they get. And uh, but but yesterday, man, it was like almost standing ovation when he got the got up there. So had a good time with that. But we're not talking about our our past a uh, couple of days. What we want to look at is maybe the future. You're listening to this. You're a pastor. Uh, maybe you're in a church revitalization uh, setting itself, just a focused church revitalization or a re- replant effort. Or the reality is, all of us as pastors are revitalizing our churches. It might not be in a period of decline that you're trying to reverse, but you're addressing something or some need. We're always trying to vitalize and revitalize our churches. And uh, and so I thought we would do kind of a church revitalization for dummies episode. We're not saying you're dumb. We're just trying to say you may not need this like 11-step process of revitalizing your church. It might be a little simpler. And uh, one of the things that Kyle and I know is a lot of the pastors that are in these efforts can tend to be lonely, can tend to feel isolated. Uh, they get a good bit of uh, criticism, maybe from the church, and uh, are are worried about X, Y, and Z. And so sometimes the the best thing that a revitalization pastor can can get to keep going is some encouragement, uh, because many are discouraged or, or struggling. And so we just really want to hone in on just some very simple things that you can do, or at least focus on. Uh, to to see your church revitalized. And, and the first one is preach the word. Uh, we know, be ready in season, out of season, right? We got to preach the word and we want to be faithful to preach the word. And a lot of our podcast episodes have, have touched on the different aspects of preaching and improving your preaching. But we just want to remind you today to be faithful, to preach the word, and accordingly, trust God with results, you're not going to hit a home run every single Sunday. Uh, many of those Sundays, it, it might even feel like a sacrifice fly or, or a single, but you're just called to be faithful. Get in there and preach the word. So Kyle, give some encouragement for our listeners about preaching the word. Yeah, so at the at the Replant Summit, uh, Brian Croft spoke, and um, one of the things he said that, that we know, right, preachers know this in theory, but we need to be reminded and that is that that God's word does not return void, and so that means if if it's a sermon that that you know you feel like you just crushed it, and I mean like you know you're you're walking off the stage and and you're feeling pumped because that's the you know the greatest message that anyone's ever heard. Um, God, God's going to use those, and on those days when you preach and you're like, I, I don't even have a clue what I just said. Like I, I think I was in the Bible, um, but like I, I don't think anybody was paying attention. God, God promises that that His word's not going to return void. Those the, the the fact that you are faithfully preaching, that you are declaring His truth, um, that that will take root in the hearts and lives of people. But um, I, I know something else that Brian has said in, in one of his books is just because the word of God is powerful and effective, we have that promise doesn't mean it works quickly. Yeah. And so I think sometimes we get, we get discouraged because we preach week after week after week and we don't 
We don't feel like we're seeing the change, right? The problem is we don't know what God is doing in hearts and in minds. And that is a much lower process oftentimes of God uh, coming in and, and the Holy Spirit convicting of sin and calling people to repentance. And and it's just because it's powerful and effective. And we, we, we believe that or we wouldn't be in pulpit every single Sunday. It doesn't mean it works quickly. It takes time for God's word to take root in people's lives. So don't get discouraged. Continue preparing your messages. Continue studying. Continue faithfully proclaiming the word of God because the the word will do what God has said it will do. Yeah. And and something to to remember is control what you can control. Right? You cannot control what the response is going to be. Um you know that that's ultimately going to be the spirit working on the hearts of those that are listening. Uh, you know, Christians and Christians alike, like that is all on, on him. What we want to control, what, what we can control is, was I in the study? Was I reading the text well? Was I reading it devotionally? Uh, was I explaining the text well? Was I handling, rightly dividing uh, the word of God? Was I illustrating it uh, in a compelling way? Uh, did I aim to apply it faithfully? Right, you do all the stuff that you are called to do, and we know to do. Explain, illustrate, apply all of those things. Do it as faithfully as you can. Focus on what you can control, and then trust God with the response. That's what you cannot control. And so, when you have somebody that come forward and and gets saved, or or somebody comes up and says, you know, this really impact, like celebrate the mess out of that stuff. Uh, but don't beat yourself up when you did all of the right things. Right, you you preached it well, you illustrated it, all those things. Even maybe not so well, and you're like, man, nobody's listening to me. Don't do that. Uh, just trust God with that long, steady obedience to His Word, and trust Him with the results. Similarly, we cannot save anybody, and that kind of leads us to our next uh, point in that making disciples. Right? We're to be, you know, everyday evangelists, as Matt Queen would say. We're as we are going, we're sharing the disciples, uh, sharing the word, making disciples. Uh, as we go every day, right? It's just supposed to be the posture, the rhythm of our life. What we do, we're making disciples, trying to make disciples that make disciples. And so that requires that we equip the saints, right? We want to get the saints in on it, teach them how to share their faith, how to know their faith, know their testimony and share that. But just to be faithful to declare the good news as we go out of the pulpit. So so we're kind of talked about Sunday with the preaching the word, and then those other seven days. Uh, or the other six days, and then Sunday after church, looking for opportunities to share the word as we go. And uh, and so number two is to aim to be faithful to make disciples. Again, we can't make them, uh, but we can go out and be faithful to declare. And so Kyle, what are some of your thoughts there? Yeah, this this can take a lot of different forms, right? So we have formal disciple-making things. Those would be uh, things like, you know, Sunday school, small groups, grow groups, whatever you call them. Um, you know, they could be, they could be even like one on one, one on two, one on three with you, you as the pastor meeting with some folks. Um, it, it can, it can happen at the church. It can happen in coffee shops. So I think more than saying, Hey, you need to try, you need to do this specific strategy. The, the, the point is you need to have a strategy. You need to have some way to make disciples. There's all kinds of material out there. Um, you know, if, you, if you're near Mardell's or uh, you can always go to Lifeway. I mean, there's tons of disciple making material out there. 
a lot of it is really, really solid. You just need to have a plan. You need to have a plan to make disciples because they don't happen automatically, right? So the so salvation, we know as soon as someone accepts Christ, that's instant. Um, they are saved. Discipleship and, and growing spiritually is a lifelong process. And that that doesn't happen automatically. In fact, I think Hebrews 2 would say it's the exact opposite, right? If we don't pay attention to how to how we live, we don't pay attention to how we grow in Christ, we drift away. And so um, we, we need to be intentional about making disciples. And so if you if you don't currently have a strategy for that, um, man, it, you know, it's a wild thing. We have the Bible. You could sit down with, with a group of three or four people and just open up the Bible and start walking through um, a gospel, walking through Romans. Um, and, and just begin pouring into your people in order to help them grow in their faith. Um, but as you said, and this, these are things you can work into the normal uh, routine of your schedule. If that works for your people, if you're full time, um, before I meet when your people can meet, right? So if they, you know, if you if you work in a job, work in a community where there are uh, like factory jobs and shift work, that might mean that you're meeting people for breakfast at like 4 a.m. when they get off of work. Um, but it, but it's worth the investment of making the disciples and building those relationships. Yeah. So so number one, preach the word faithfully week in and week out. Share the word. You know, make disciples day in and day out. Uh, number number three, man, you got to love your people. And, and and to do that, you need to minister across generations. You know, Kyle and I are very, you know, we're we're similar ages, and so it's going to be easy to really connect well with maybe the couples that have kids at home, where we can kind of commiserate raising teens, <laughs> you know, at any given day, you know, that kind of thing. But man, the old folks at your church, you're their pastor. Uh, the young folks uh, that are just getting started out, you're their pastor. The kids. You're their pastor. You might even have a kid's director, kid's minister, youth pastor, youth director, all those kinds of things. But still, at the end of the day, you're you're the pastor across generations, across the families, across the widows, all of those kind of things. And so one of the ways that you can love your people is to faithfully minister, right? Just again, kind of day in and day out, week in, week out with your people of all generations. And uh, and one of the things, man, you know, you. And I think Mark t- touches on this in his book is, uh, you know, we can sometimes, uh, you know, gripe a little bit among pastors about, you know, those old codgers that don't like anything I do, you know, all that kind of stuff. Maybe love them a bit more. Spend a little more time with them. If they've got the little senior adult lunches that they go to and, you know, they go to the Golden Crowl or the Ryan's Buffet or whatever it is, you know, like go with them sometime. Hang out with them. Spend some time with them hear their hurts because many of them have lost, you know, their, their kiddos and their grandkids, not that they've lost them, but they've moved on. Uh, you've maybe changed the music a little bit at the church. And so they've lost some of their old hymns and they've lost some of their health, you know, everything hurts and, and all those kinds of things. And so sometimes your older folks just need you to listen to them and be with them and be a part of their life. And, uh, and they will end up maybe being your biggest cheerleader. Uh, when they know that you truly care about them. And the same thing for the young couples. Y'all are kind of in this together. Y'all are in similar stations of life. And that's where maybe y'all can do, you know, date nights together and, and all of those things, but just minister across generations, uh, young, old, and everything in between is a way to love your people. Kyle? Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. And and really, this leads into our next one as well. And that is that we want to equip the saints to minister. And that is across generations as well. So yes, love your people and then equip them. One, one of the dangers I think revitalizing replanting pastors can get into is um, generally speaking, when, when you come into a church that's in need of revitalization or in need of being replanted, um, you're you're starting out with an older demographic in, in your church. That That is, I, I can't say it's 100% of the time, but it's probably 95% of the time when I when I talk with pastors, that's what they say. They say, hey, we, we, we came in here, we have people in their 70s and 80s, and, and we're in a community that's, that's grown much younger. And so the emphasis very quickly, and, and rightly so, becomes on we want to reach young families. We want to uh, see young couples. We want to have young kids coming in. And that's good. That, that is right, because we, we need to be passing the, the faith on to future generations. And that is, that is it's true. That's how you build a church is with, is with, uh, by bringing new life in. But you can't do that to the neglect of the older folks who have been a part of that church and have, um, and have served faithfully and poured themselves out to see their church survive. And so um, th- this is where, you know, if you're, if you're planting a church, you can kind of have a target demographic, right? Hey, we're going to go into this community. We're going to aim for 35 and under. That's, that's our target audience. When you're replanting, your target audience is who you have in your church. And, and if that is folks in their 70s and 80s, you need to take care of them. You need to equip them to serve as you reach young families. Um, and, and a great picture of this, we saw it at the, at the replant summit. Mark Clifton brought up the oldest replant pastor who was there. It was a guy named Leonard Irwin, uh, who is 79 years old, pastoring in Alabama. And he brought up the youngest um, pastor who was there, a 23-year-old pastor named Jeff. And it was beautiful. And and, and Mark, Mark talked about him a little bit. And then he had uh, Leonard pray over Jeff and Jeff pray over Leonard. And it was just this picture of, listen, this is not a this is not a young person's game. This is not an old person's game. This is a kingdom game to see churches reclaimed for the sake of the gospel. And if you are going to see your church revitalized, it's going to take every generation. And so, yes, we need to reach younger families and we need to plug them in to serve. But we also need to encourage our older folks to serve. And, and I've heard this before, Matt. I'm sure you've heard it. I'm sure pastors listening here have heard things like, well, you know, Pastor, I've done my time, and now it's time to hand it off to somebody else. And and I would just simply say, you don't get to retire from the kingdom of God. You don't get to retire from serving God's people. Now, there may come a point where someone says, "Hey, look, I'm I'm just not equipped, and I'm I'm not, you know, children's ministry is not my thing anymore." Okay, but there is some area where you can serve, and you can serve faithfully. And so you don't you don't get to retire from uh, from serving God's people in the church. This is good because if you looked at my retirement account any time over the last, <laughs> but you're not going to get to retire. Never, period. Ever <laughs> going to retire? Uh, and and so that kind of leads to the next one. And uh, you gotta you gotta stay in it. You know we've talked about this a lot, and and I know. Uh, you know, Kyle, when you got to, you know, Alamogordo, you, you bought a home, you know, we've talked yeah. about deleting that resume off of your, uh, your, your computer, that kind of deal that it's, you know, you're going to have churches reach out to you 
And that's always a good thing. And, and often it's an affirming thing, you know, that, that people are noticing that maybe even God may move you on. Uh, but but your heart needs to be to stay, to see something revitalized. Because a lot of times as we're preaching the word faithfully, as we're making disciples, all that kind of stuff, that all of these are is a whole lot of sowing. Uh, you know, you may not see a whole lot of fruit right away. You're just being faithful to to just keep doing the right thing the right way over time. Sometimes we can get discouraged and we're like, you know, maybe I want to go back to the city. Maybe the middle of nowhere is not so, you know, not where I want to be or something like that. Then, uh, or the criticism comes in and it seems to mount a little bit. Um, and all of these things, loving yeah. your people by ministering across generations and so forth, all, all of these things of making disciples, being faithful with the word, trusting God with the results in, in all of this is going to go a long way to stay. Uh, because one of the things that, you know, we we run into those churches where the deacons kind of, uh, I, I heard it said over the weekend that you had some deacon possession. Uh, you know, you deal with something <laughs> like that where, where you know, deacons have kind of taken control. Uh, a lot of that, you know, it's easy yeah. to just tee off and make fun of the deacons, but a lot of times that's because pastors quit too soon. And some yeah. get run off by all means, but sometimes, yeah. you know, if the pastor is using this you know, a, a church as a stepping stone into something greater. They do that pastor after pastor after pastor. And then that one guy comes and says, I'm here to stay. It's going to be difficult and it's going to take even more time because of that kind of unhealthy culture of rotating through pastors. And so, man, you just got to decide that this is where I'm going to lay down my roots and just make a conscious decision to say, this is home. This is where we want to be. God, help us be faithful here as long as you'll keep us here. When you're ready to open the door, make it crystal clear, but we're here and we're going to stay and we're not going to look to go somewhere else. If you want to open our eyes and, and move us somewhere else, that's one thing, but we're not going to seek it out. And, and so just decide to stay. And Kyle, we're starting to run out of time. I think one thing that can tie all of these things together is prayer. Uh, we've got to be people of prayer. We need to be doing things in our church and leading in such a way that we can say, now this isn't just because I'm a great preacher. This isn't because I'm a good administrator. This isn't because I'm a good this or that or whatever. But this is because God's hand is on this church because we're being faithful to pray. Plead with God in the study. Plead with God in the pulpit. Lead your church to be devoted to prayer. Uh, you know, the, these are things that they they matter. Uh, and uh, and I had in, in the conversation uh, this week, something that really stuck with me with one of our church planter candidates is, uh, as he said, I'm I'm really faithful to to study the word well, but I don't want to come out of the study having just studied the word well. I want to come out of the study having experienced the presence of God. And uh, and I said, man, uh, and this was the same guy that had that great sermon of, that was basically the vision casting. I was like, dude, I'm all in. <laughs> like, let me be your sending church or something. I'm all in on this because it's like we we it can end up kind of being that academic exercise. You know, we've got the outline, we've got the explanation, we've got all of these components of a sermon. But don't skip that part of of you are spending time in God's word in His presence by the help of His Spirit. So we need to be praying and, uh, and, and spending that time. And sometimes it might be the best part of sermon prep you can do or the best thing you can do for sermon prep is to read that text and say, God, help me. I, I just want to think on these words and I'm just going to sit and let you kind of minister to me through this text. And then out of that, maybe you have a, 
some some spark to your sermon prep. Uh, but we've got to be a people of prayer and uh, leading our people to do it, being a church devoted to it. But one of the best ways for your church to do that is you being a pastor of prayer, a prayer warrior pastor. How? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, prayer is the thing that will sustain you through the through the good days, through the hard days. Um, prayer is what keeps you uh, connected to the heart of God. And um, absolutely, that's something that, you know, is easily, too, too easily neglected, I think, just as busyness creeps in. And um, But if you can develop, you know, obviously a, a dedicated time of prayer each each morning and then just remain in conversation and communion with God throughout the day, that will sustain you as much as anything else, staying connected to the Father. And, and, and when, you know, when, when you get that phone call, that's just driving you from the, from the person that, you know, says, uh, pastor, do you have a few minutes? I really need to talk to you. <laughs> that's, that's a wonderful time to go to the father and say, like, I, you know, you, every pastor, I know that strikes fear in his heart. Like, what did I do? What, yeah. what happened? Um, and, and oftentimes it's nothing. It's, Hey, I, I need you to sign this thing. Okay. I need you. <laughs> but you know, those, those words just, just drag a fear into the pastor. Listen, if you, if you're just in prayer, Lord, I don't know what's coming, but you do. And so, you know, if it's, if it's that I need to sign a paper or if it's, Hey, we, we think that you're the, the worst pastor that we've ever had. Um, you, you know, just stay in communion with God because he will steady your heart in the middle of even the, the hardest days in ministry. Yeah. Simple pro tip here. Get up a few minutes earlier and, uh, you know, go go out for a walk. And, uh, you know, I, I know there's like the the acts, uh, you know, prayer thing, you know, adoration, confession, Thanksgiving, supplication. I kind of flip that a little bit with cats and do confession, uh, adoration, uh, Thanksgiving and supplication. And uh, and it just gives me kind of a thing to to follow as I'm as I'm walking. And uh, because it's, you know, it's dark. Nobody's going to, you know, call into the police and say there's this guy talking to himself outside, you know, things like that. You're just out there for a walk and you spend that time. And there's been plenty of times, y'all, that I'm I'm out there praying and I'm like, God, I don't know what to do. And I almost just like repeat that over like, God help. I don't know what to do. Uh, I'm at a loss. I don't even know what to pray. I don't even know how to pray. I don't even know what to pray for. I, I'm so at a loss right here. Just help me help me and and then i just kind of walk in silence and just sort of reflect on that and knowing that god is is the one that is hearing you and the holy spirit is interceding for you um and uh and so it's just a good reminder we've got to be a people of prayer and so to wrap all of this up preach the word faithfully week in and week out right make disciples be an evangelist as you go where you go day in day out love your people by ministering across generations stay long enough right there's no amount we can't say like, hey, you've got to stay seven years and then you can like that's not that you're you're ultimately putting your yes for First Baptist wherever or whatever Baptist church. I'm here. This is where I'm going to be until God plucks me out of here. And then to do all of those kinds of things, we've got to be a pastor of prayer. Any final words, Kyle? No, I think that that wraps it up. I mean, so if, if there are there's far more. Right. I mean, so, you know, we have 13. Uh, characteristics. You can, you can see those at churchreplanners.com. I know there are all kinds of other things. Um, and, and so be be intentional about growing yourself as a, as a pastor. Um, but listen, these are the big buckets, right? And, and if 
you know, if you're looking into starting a new position, you say, man, what are the things that I need to do? These are these are the big ones to focus on. Love your people, preach the word, make disciples, um, minister across generations. But it's it's not complicated. It's hard, but it's not complicated. And uh, so, yeah, re- remain faithful, brothers, and uh, and God will work through you to build His church. All right. Well, in light of that, may your coffee be as black as night and as bold as the gospel we declare. Have a great day. What's wrong with you people?